Hello, wrestling fans. Thank you again for listening. This is the Undisputed Future Podcast. I'm your host, CD, Danny Mack, bringing you another exciting week in the world of NXT. And this has just been a major week for groundbreaking news in the world of professional wrestling, even outside of the shocking conclusion to the Aleister Black investigation right here on NXT TV, which of course I'll be discussing, but I would be remiss if I didn't cover such a such a shocking topic to, uh, to take place on Monday Night Raw this past week. Universal Champion Roman Reigns diagnosed once again with leukemia. A very harsh form of blood cancer. It's it's not anything you wish upon anybody. You don't have to go out of your way to say, I don't like the character, but I support Roman Reigns. You don't... Stuff like that is... It, it's needless to say. It's a human being who puts his livelihood into entertaining us. And whether you boo him or you cheer him, you're reacting to him. So there is a modicum of respect there for him as a human being, and watching that Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Raw crowd, I'm getting all choked up just talking about this again. If I'm being upfront with you here, Team NXT, that Monday Night Raw crowd able to overcome their personal differences and opinions about the character of Roman Reigns is a hundred percent Joe Anoai. I don't want to butcher a Simone last name more than I probably already just did, but Joe is a fighter. Joe is a strong human being. Roman Reigns is a champion, not just in the ring, but outside of the ring as well. Stand-up human being, he's a father, he's a fighter, we all know he's going to make it through this, and Roman Reigns has the entire support, I'm sure I can speak for everybody, on behalf of Team NXT, where he came from, where the big dog wore the big watch, really waiting for that comeback story of the year, it's... uh. It's not going to be a pretty road, but Roman Reigns is going to be strong enough to overcome this vicious disease once again. <sighs> really have to get that off my chest. I'm, uh, you know, you don't have to go too far to reach out, and uh, through not too many degrees of separation, I'm sure we all know a cancer survivor out there. All forms of cancer. I know this is usually a PG show, but fuck cancer. It has personally impacted. My family, and uh, it's just not something that could be stood for. It is, all forms are hashtag unacceptable, not just breast cancer. Big month for October for charity awareness, so I want to give my support out there. Let's jump into some NXT coverage, however. The October 23rd edition of NXT, and just such a shocking and impactful episode. Excuse me, this is the October 24th edition of WWE NXT television. MMA Oro, Moro Ronaldo on MMA Mixed Martial Arts assignment this week. So we get the 205 Live table coming to NXT. Vic Joseph filling in on commentary play-by-play once again. Of course, accompanied by Percy Watson and Nigel McGuinness. Although you could take that NXT UK table and uh, Vic Joseph is filling both sides of both sides of those shoes as well. Really doing a great job. Really coming into his own as a play-by-play guy. Really can't... Uh, can't dispute the work he's he's been doing. It it has been impressive, and it had it 100% has my support. Trying to get all these Roman Reigns bad news jitters out there and talk about this exciting edition of NXT, which starts off with a bang, bang, boom from the boys in the Undisputed Era. The dude crew coming out in full capacity at full strength in Full Sail University, issuing a warning and a threat 
to the entire NXT locker room. The Undisputed Era is vouching to put out an aura of fear through the NXT locker room, and the tag team champions have that vicious side and competitor spirit to 100% drive that point home. They were able to take out bigger opponents in the War Raiders last week. World accomplished big man team like the War Raiders fell at the knees of the Undisputed Era. Of course, major assistance to Bobby Fish and a steel chair on that front, but I digress. Once again, Adam Cole calling out the current North American champion, Ricochet, claiming that he has a piece of Adam Cole's property, baby. And with the landscape of the Undisputed Era the way it is right now, there is potential and there is room for all of these men to hold a piece of gold. We don't know what the future after Adam Cole possibly contends for that North American championship. If... Red Dragon is back at full capacity working within the Undisputed Era. Is Roderick Strong always going to be the go-to guy as far as tag team action is concerned? Or are you going to go to that long-term chemistry of Rod- of uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly? With their tag team traveled experience, does Roderick Strong jump up and finally secure that NXT championship and throw himself into what seems like a packed arena right now as well on those fronts? A lot of options for the Undisputed Era, calling out and pulling no punches no matter who you are in that NXT locker room, calling out Ricochet directly, but another man who was part of the inaugural North American Championship ladder match, the top one percenter, and absolutely no fear on this man's face, I'm of course talking about EC3, captain of NX3, managing to summon a referee, EC3 coming out and pretty much driving home the point that he's not afraid of any of Adam Cole or his flunkies in the Undisputed Era. EC3 not fearing a 4-on-1 numbers advantage and Adam Cole making that match official. Really competitive confidence when Adam Cole has all of the members of Undisputed Era at running capacity. I'm sure that has nothing to do with it though. Adam Cole is a fighter and a long-term wrestling competitor and... These are just two of the most charismatic guys in NXT, and not only did this era, this era and EC3 confrontation lead to a very entertaining verbal joust, but it led to a clash in the ring as well, and a clash of egos at that. Early advantage went to the strength and the Adonis build of EC3, there's really no denying it, the guy is built like a tank, but Adam Cole is always crafty, and the numbers game of Adam Cole's Undisputed Era Brethren will always come into play. EC3 managing to overcome that, though. EC3 obviously doing his homework on the past interactions Undisputed Era has when one of their own has a singles competition. A three-man apron assault turned into a super kick, turned into a great clothesline by EC3. Adam Cole, EC3, really going back and forth in this matchup, really getting a chance to both both of these guys to really, really shine in this singles expedition. Exhibition, excuse me. Overcoming the numbers game, though, EC3 outsmarting Undisputed Era just for a small enough window to get that secured three-second victory through a cradle, and EC3 securing a much-needed win, in my opinion, on NXT television. EC3 unable at this point in his NXT career, 
unable to pull off the major win in a takeover scenario. So overcoming the numbers of the Undisputed Era and walking away with a victory over the first ever North American champion by hook or by crook, a victory is a victory and EC3 will absolutely take this win. But the total elimination by Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly would quickly follow this victory celebration. Undisputed Era really driving home this point they made in the beginning of the show, that they are a threat to anyone in that NXT locker room. Whether it's after a victory for yourself or for your opponent, you are in danger at all times as long as these four men are at full strength and full capacity. There is always consequences to dealing with the Undisputed Era, and those consequences came in the form of really vicious beatdown for EC3. The total elimination I mentioned on the outside of the floor, the beatdown would continue all the way up through the entrance ramp, including a last shot by Adam Cole. And just when you think he's done, Bobby Fish is not done with a steel chair. Grabbing one by the commentaries table and going off on EC3's knee. The EC knee in absolute devastation after this vicious chair assault by Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish in a chair seems to be a seems to be a thing. It's uh I almost imagine him carrying that dusty cup in one hand and a steel chair in the other hand at all times at this point. Really strong comeback for Bobby Fish. I see that knee brace still on, but he's apparently in a hundred percent and ready to compete. And whether that's by his own fruition or not is uh is still up for debate. I'm going to jump a little bit into the show and kind of tie all these things together while I'm discussing the Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era would confront General Manager William Regal after a slight confrontation by Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair, real quick, pretty much saying that the stars need to be treated like stars. The undefeated one demands a title shot, and William Regal pretty much says he'll think about it and take all of that into consideration Shortly after, interrupted and addressed by Kathy Kelly about the Aleister Black investigation, which William Regal vowing to get to answers by the end of this evening, and boy, did we get our fair share of answers in this one. But the real points I want to drive home about this interview is the Undisputed Era once again confronting the general manager, which, like my friends over at Who Got Next Pod said, it's one of the most underrated and under-discussed rivalries in professional wrestling. Everybody has their little jousts with an authority figure, but Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era continuously butting heads with William Regal. And William Regal, while he is handling it like a professional, kind of sets up the Undisputed Era to fall. And this act is no exception. Adam Cole pretty much demanding that William Regal gets his act together. And really, really the verbal and uh, non, non-verbal cues of Kyle O'Reilly driving these things home. The man is a walking gif. I wish I could remember who to give proper credit for that tweet for, but that's something I 100% agree with. The guy is a walking reaction gif. There's pretty much anything you could take away from Kyle O'Reilly's expressions and relate it to your everyday life. Always nice when you see that in the world of professional wrestling. However, a very uncommon tandem of the Undisputed Era will be taking on the War Raiders in the face of redemption, and I would not want to be in the way of an angry Hanson and a raging row at this point. Uncommon tandem of Adam Cole and Bobby Fish 
will be taking on the War Raiders. So the War Raiders, even before their presumed involvement at the TakeOver War Games, will have their chance to have be in, to be in the ring with all four members of the Undisputed Era at one point or another. Their Tag Team Championship match, which I mentioned earlier and discussed last week, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong. Now they get their hands on Bobby Fish and Adam Cole, the two men who outside interference cost them those very same NXT Tag Team titles. So somehow and some way, I really think that the War Raiders will be coming into this match with even more found aggression towards the Undisputed Era. Shifting the spotlight over to the women of NXT, and one woman who has had the spotlight of NXT shown upon her, despite the fact that she's mostly shrouded in chaos and darkness, of course, I'm talking about Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross, the main catalyst who seems to have all the answers behind the Aleister Black attack and investigation, seemingly warning a security team that he's coming. Gotta be talking about Aleister Black, right? Gotta be. And uh, that's kind of a warning and foreshadowing of sorts, and I'll get to that in just a matter of minutes. But some in-ring action for the ladies of NXT included Mia versus Aaliyah. Mia Yim making her NXT television debut as part of the full-time roster, taking on a long-term stay on the NXT roster of women, Aaliyah. Aaliyah still another week for Aaliyah to improve. Always piecing things together, really seeming to come into her own as this cat's meow, I'm the cat's meow, spoiled brat-ish gimmick that seems to be coming about as of late. I love the nickname. I think it's very, very throwback, very 50s, very, uh, very greaser lingo, I guess. And a couple years back, I played a greaser on Halloween, so I could be a little bit biased in my observation of that as well. So the cat's me, cat's meow, Aaliyah, looking to prove something against Mia, Yim, Mia Yim, an accomplished talent and May Young classic competitor. And if you know anything about her friendly little rivalry, although it doesn't seem so friendly at times with Shelton Benjamin, it's one of the greatest things going on social media at this point. May Young classic competitor able to make it to round two, unfortunately not advancing to the semifinals of the comp- of the competition this year. But Mia Yim is a consistent competitor who I really hopes gets to round out the tournament each and every time it is held. And a big debut for Mia Yim and a a rally and a victory towards the end. I do want to give Aaliyah some credit, though. Working on the aggression, working on the facial expressions and the snobbiness, and even the submission styling coming out of Aaliyah, a couple really unique chin holds and really controlling what seems like most of this matchup. Got to give Aaliyah credit where it is due. In terms of the NXT landscape, she is a veteran in this women's division, despite having some of the more pressing points to improve upon. Mia Yim would rally and hit Eat Defeat, Jordunzo, or Soul Food, as she likes to carry it upon, and I love any pun associated with that move, and honestly, I think Mia Yim won my fandom, because Soul Food might be my favorite cu- favorite pun to come as of this very moment. A little bit of a tongue twister on that one, Team NXT. Mia Yim with a victory on her NXT television debut. I talked about Bianca Belair's pressing William Regal to be treated like a star, Wants a title shot. Miss Undefeated certainly has a case for herself, but another woman with a major case and a very well put together promo video, hype video for herself, is the lady 
of NXT. And of course, I'm talking about Lacey Evans, the other Lacey as far as uh, WWE Network television is concerned, not to be confused with Lacey Lane over on the Mae Young Classic 2. Lacey Evans, a true role model that wants to become the face of this division. Very traditional female role, I guess, for lack of better ways to describe Lacey Evans' character. She's tough, she's a marine mom, and she's got a wicked woman's right hand. Lacey Evans, my most improved superstar across any division, any gender at this point, as far as character work, as well as in-ring styling from 2017 to 2018. And if she keeps up this kind of believable momentum, she could be my most improved from 2018 to 2019 at the rate she seems to be going. Lacey Evans, through this video alone and her recent work, proving that she does have a stand in the NXT Women's Championship picture. Let's not forget her back-and-forth rivalry with current champion, the Pirate Princess, Kyrie Sane. And Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler would get their fair share of hype video this episode as well. I'd imagine some in-person interaction coming forth next week, I'd like to say, from the fallouts of WWE's Evolution pay-per-view. I kind of wanted to see a a contract signing of sorts, or at least one more person-to-person interaction between the two, the show right before WWE Evolution, but you can't always get what you want. WWE's production team does an incredible job with their hype videos, and Shayna versus Kyrie is no exception to this rule. I really think that the ladies on the NXT front have the potential to steal the entire show between this NXT Women's Championship rematch of the May Young Classic, excuse me, May Young Classic 1 finals. Also comes the May Young Classic 2 finals now between, and if you haven't listened or watched the last episode of the semifinals, don't let this segment spoil you. Okay, I hope anybody who uh, hasn't watched it yet jumped ahead. Io Shirai will be taking on Tony Storm. We are on Stormwatch in Long Island, and will the Rey Mysterio redemption in the form of a female come to the fruition, and who will win this tournament? Two of my early favorites making it all the way to the finals, although if you listen to me the past number of weeks, you know that my finals and favorites for this tournament would flip-flop each and every week, even up until the bracketology. But just a couple notes on the Mae Young Classic semifinals, Rhea Ripley really pulled out some stops here. The unfortunate injury to Tegan Knox, able to put together a compelling matchup with Io Shirai in what I could imagine is a limited window of time to really execute this curveball and out of left field brand new plans. Props to Rhea Ripley. You really saw her improvements during this tournament, and I'm really hoping there's some big things for the other Australian Tony Storm. Rhea Ripley, I could see fitting in quite well with the persona of the formerly known as TM61, currently known as the Mighty. I could really see things and this aggressive side of Rhea Ripley fitting in to perfection with her fellow Australian tag team. Women's action in NXT off the charts right now. Cannot wait for that May Young Classic Finals 2. And of course, all of the women's wrestling action culminating from Long Island this Sunday for WWE Evolution. I myself will be in attendance with my brother. Cannot wait for that spectacular event. Let's shift gears back towards main focus on NXT's 
Couple more debuts we have to look forward to, and one man is certainly looking forward to a particular debut, bros. Cassius Ono taking on Justin Xavier. Justin Xavier striking me as a dubstep cadet sort of round two. Entrance music reminds me of the Blake and Murphy factor. Uh, That's pretty much all the impression Justin Xavier had time to make on me. Cassius Ono would quickly crush any hopes of a strong start or a comeback from this gentleman. Clearly, this is not the shiny new toy that William Regal has in the NXT universe to play with Cassius Ono really making quick work of Justin Xavier, including that ripcord roaring elbow right to the back of the skull, securing another victory for this more vicious side of Cassius Ono. Cassius Ono seemingly dismissed early as a factor in the Aleister Black investigation, but this this mean streak we see in him, it's uh, it certainly added a little bit more credibility to it in my eyes and my broadcast partner of sorts who will be joining me for a takeover war games prediction show mr warren hayes has been really digging deep himself on the cassius ono heel persona that seems to be breaking out cassius clearly looking for riddle but he would find nikki cross and another message of he is coming now this could mean two things in the in the gaze of cassius ono here folks it could mean the repeatedly mentioned matt riddle or it could mean alistair black taking taking victim with Cassius Ono and really, really wanted to find and get to the bottom of his attacker. And of course, getting to it, we would find out that he is coming, has more of a chance to mean Matt Riddle in Cassius Ono's case than Alistair Black. And we won't have to wait long to see Mr. Riddle's television debut on NXT. That will be coming Next week, cannot wait to see what the King of Bro style has to bring to the NXT arena. I know a couple people have been lucky enough to see him on the NXT live circuit thus far. Really can't wait to see where the persona builds on TV and to finally get this kickstarted rivalry with Cassius going. William Regal closing out the show with the announcement of the NXT championship. And what announcement would that be without the champion? himself. Tommaso Ciampa really has a pair of guts talking to the GM the way he does, boy. Just the absolute disdain in his voice really taking this show into his own hands and uh, one moment seems to be all eyes on Tommaso Ciampa. Now, a man who has been really saying the name of Tommaso Ciampa as of late The Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream says, hold the phone. People want to experience something real at TakeOver War Games, and they all want you to say my name. As far as the NXT Championship scope, right before this episode, of course, I definitely want to see Velveteen Dream step up and take that title opportunity finally. Dream has had major success at TakeOvers as of late, and he's... He's earned it. He's definitely gotten the victories under his belt. He's gotten under Tommaso Ciampa's skin with the mind games that we all know the the Velveteen Dream is capable of doing. But another name to throw his large hands in the mix and raise them is Lars Sullivan. The Leviathan Lars Sullivan claiming that all three of those men are in Lars Sullivan territory. But the Dream knows 
that Lars considers himself a nightmare, and uh, he really laid down a very strict rule that I often have with people as well. The dream says if you're going to address him, wear some pants. Lars might have had that promo inspired by actions of uh, Randy Orton, uh, I guess. Um, Anyway, moving on, Nikki Cross back again and announcing an Aleister Black attack. Remember that warning I mentioned was issued to that team of security? It, uh, the warning was not enough. Aleister Black kicking down all doors and all persona on the entrance way into Full Sail University and would quickly target the three men in the ring as well. This was really a who's who of Aleister Black rivalries. The man who took away the championship from him, Tommaso Ciampa. The man who he had NXT's rivalry of the year in 2017 with, the Velveteen Dream. And the biggest opponent for that NXT championship, size-wise, of course, the Leviathan, Lars Sullivan. All three of these men, having previous bones to pick with Aleister Black, all three major suspects of the aforementioned, he is coming, who is his attacker, any one of these three men could have issued a reaction that we got out of Aleister Black last week. The absolute rage on Alistair's face. Breaking through. Who could it have been? Where is he? He is Johnny Gargano. That's right. You heard me correctly. You saw what I saw. Johnny Gargano is the Alistair Black attacker. Clearly wanting that one-on-one opportunity with his rival and former DIY brethren Tommaso Ciampa. But laying down Aleister Black and closing out this episode of NXT the way he did with I'm Right Here. This is a new side of Johnny. This is a side of Johnny Gargano so goddamn dark that Tommaso Ciampa has been singing his praises on social media as of late. Get to Tommaso Ciampa's Twitter account if you haven't yet. It's it's like we're living in this DIY bizarro world. It's like what used to be with what currently is and a little bit more gray area and not so much disdain. It's it's not something you would expect out of the current day landscape between Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Freakin' Wrestling. That much is for damn sure. That super kick ceiling suspicions, and I'll shout it from the rooftops. You've heard me say it once. You've heard me say it twice. Hell, I'm pretty sure I've said it at least thrice. Johnny Gargano never formally denying any allegations of attacking Aleister Black, and that subtle bit of brilliance without him formally saying no, really driving home the point that Johnny has this dark side, and Johnny has been driven to a state of mind that nobody has seen him in before. Can only imagine what Candice LeRae's inevitable reaction to this is going to be. I know, storyline-wise, they are separated. Obviously, Candice finding herself in the midst of a rivalry with the aforementioned Lacey Evans as of late, putting on a great contest, and unfortunately suffering a wicked woman's right. It's just a reaction I know I'm curious of. I know the rest of the NXT universe is curious of hearing. Johnny Gargano is Aleister Black's attacker. What does this 
What does this mean for the NXT Championship landscape? How badly does Aleister Black want to get his championship back? How badly does he want to get his hands on the man who took it away from him in the opportunity to get it back at Brooklyn 4? His other rivals, Velveteen Dream, clearly making a point that he wants that NXT Championship. And Lars Sullivan, past record and size and intimidation, speaking for themselves Alistair Black, unforgotten in Sullivan's eyes as well. Remember that fractured jaw that was suffered due to that Black Mass spinning heel kick. So there's a lot of contention for that NXT Championship, and I'm just, I just got to sing the praises of this Alistair Black attack angle. For what they did to an injury angle to turn it into one of the most intriguing stories I can remember in all of NXT... It's really something. The way you involved all of these different parties, the way that Nikki Cross played such a catalyst in this whole, when is she going to get called up to sanity? And who is her last rivalry in NXT going to be? And the incredible matches that she's putting on with Bianca Belair in the ring, getting this opportunity to express herself and her character out of the ring in this way is absolutely major points in all of the divisions interacting with each other. To that point, Heavy Machinery, Heavy Machinery getting some TV time and entertaining segments out of this thing too. Otis Dozovic and Tucker Knight's video footage really did aid William Regal in the rest of this investigation. And Johnny Gargano being the least, probably in most people's eyes, the least suspect. I thought swinging right off the bat it was Lars Sullivan waiting on that Lars and Alistair investigation. But you know when something's too obvious that it's probably not it? That was obviously something you have to look through, especially when the man of that size is wearing a highlighter yellow shirt in a time of such incrimination. It, it just kind of didn't add up after a couple moments of my personal suspicion. But Johnny, what's going on in your mind? Cannot wait to see how this folds out. And what is the road to NXT TakeOver War Games 2 going to look like? I'll be there for that entire trip, and I'm going to get some NXT UK coverage at a glance here in just a matter of moments. Episode 2 of the UK brand, Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness clicking in their chemistry as a commentary team as well. Always got to give credit where credit is due. Just going over this episode quickly, Ligero taking on another animal-inspired character in Wild Boar. Mike Hitchman, another clashing style and size to kick off an NXT UK episode. Thought that's kind of a similar and interesting parallel to start off the show. Ligero, clearly inspired in his attire by Jushin Thunder Liger. I really liked that luchador mask. I thought it was a really fun match with good characters, and Ligero picks up an impressive win with a really interesting moveset. Dakota Kai versus Killer Kelly, two of my favorite women in the NXT UK roster, probably rounding out the third, is Tony Storm, and Nina Samuels really made an impression on me as well in her first NXT UK episode match with Tony Storm. But Kai versus Kelly in a clashing kicking contest. I'm going to dare all you guys out there to say that one five times fast. Kai concussion in the corner by Kelly. Also one you might want to try. Really vicious match. A lot of hard striking ability. But a crazy chiropractic based comeback would earn the victory for the captain of Team Kick. 
And Dakota Kai, already one of the most popular women in this division. If you couldn't tell, you could definitely tell in the post-match interview. She wants to kick the head off of all of those who get in her way of that rumored, and not really rumored anymore considering we know what it looks like, NXT United Kingdom Women's Title Really gorgeous belts, looks just like the WWE UK title with a glowing white strap. I'm uh, I'm a little jealous of it myself, and I don't meet the anatomical boundaries to uh, to compete for it. So I'm really pushing for Dakota Kai here. Tony Storm probably getting my route just because of how long I've been watching her, even though Io Shirai being inspired by Rey Mysterio. God, I'm so torn between May Young Classic Finals 2. It's a really great time to be on the lookout for some unbelievable talents in the worlds of women's wrestling. And speaking of people who consider themselves a number one talent, Zach Gibson making his NXT UK television debut, spouting his bragging rights of the of the second NXT United Kingdom Championship tournament, really doing all of this to a deafening chorus of boos. The guy had to repeat himself a couple times, even asked for his mic to get turned up, uh, stand up, and shoes off if you hate Gibson. Probably my two favorite chants in the world of United Kingdom Wrestling. The man would go on to call out former and most recent number one contender for that UK championship in Noam Dar. Noam Dar and Gibson looking like they were ready to go at it, but general manager Johnny Saint would appear and scold him like a agitated father and order them not to their rooms, but to his general manager office. And we do have confirmation that that match will be taking place on episode three. Going to take a couple seconds to also give praise where it's due to Travis Banks on the preparation to enter NXT UK after coming off that wicked shoulder injury suffered during the tournament and the unfortunate tap out to Zach Gibson's Shankly Gates. Travis Banks says martial arts training got him here and boy you really don't need to say much more to get my support. Really hoping he gets some redemption on those coffee bros who did that vicious assault for that fatal four-way number one contendership matchup. Another good match this evening was Ashton Smith taking on Tucker. Tucker, a uh, a United Kingdom Championship tournament entrance inaugural in his own right. Ashton Smith most recently in the second one. Smith was brought up under Drake Maverick, DM the GM, a very integral part of Ashton Smith's training. Thought that was interesting. You could really tell it from his style. Although the man mentioning he's a roughneck brawler and throwing a limited, if any, numbered of strikes, I thought that was a, that was kind of a slight contradiction. But uh, I thought it was a really solid matchup, very fun and an even matchup, despite the size and height difference between Ashton Smith having at least I think it was four or five inches, according to Nigel McGuinness over the smaller opponent, Tucker, and a ripcord DDT. Very interesting finish for Ashton Smith as well. The Ash Cloud. I uh, I do like that name for a maneuver. Spotlight on Danny Birch, Oni Larkin's tag team partner on Standard, I guess, uh, NXT television, will have singles spotlight next week as he debuts for the NXT 
UK brand. Now, this has me speculating what is to come of one two punch. Remember, these guys started off as singles rivals. What will it take to flip that switch and have them turn on each other? I'm really hoping nothing, but having Danny Burch get his own single spotlight on the NXT UK brand does bring up a little bit more of a concern for myself that Oni Larkin and Danny Burch will be splitting up as a tag team. It does worry me a little bit, but Danny Burch is a hardworking veteran. This could just be me overthinking, and Danny Burch might be working NXT UK as a single star and NXT Standard Television as a, uh, or NXT North American Television. Let's, uh, let's go with that for a, uh, for a limited amount of time. Spotlight on Danny Burch might be in the UK as a singles competitor and could be NXT North American tag team going on with the Boston bruiser Oni Lorcan. A couple tongue twisters on this NXT UK coverage here, Team NXT. Main event. Main event and inaugural WWE United Kingdom Championship Tournament. I know I keep calling it the NXT United Kingdom Championship Tournament. Got to get my network specials separated from my brand names. Anyway, another match with size difference, but Tyler Bates taking on Wolfgang. Two really big, strong boys, despite the fact that Tyler Bates might just have the slightest shortness under the last King of Scotland. Very familiar opponents. Very two strong guys, very fun rematch, really back and forth matchup, but a high risk would turn bad for Wolfgang after a surprising call upon of a test of strength by Tyler Bate in this matchup. I thought it was interesting. That one went back and forth. That's where probably the high points and most entertaining aspect of it, in my opinion, was. But Tyler Bate is such a bright young talent. It's hard if not impossible, to name a bad match Tyler Bate has had on any form of NXT television. Back to that high-risk Wolfgang, a big man going for a big swanton bomb, and the howling would not land on Tyler Bate, and Bate would get another chance to exhibit his strength over the big Scotsman and deliver that Tyler Driver 97 for a similar result to that inaugural WWE United Kingdom Championship. Will Tyler Bate get another rematch with Pete Dunne? Do we get a repeat that was the brilliance of NXT TakeOver Chicago, the match that Pete Dunne won and started this legendary United Kingdom Championship reign? A lot of things being brought up at the end of this matchup by commentary about who is to step up to be the next competitor for the United Kingdom Championship Tournament. United Kingdom Championship, period. No tournament. Just the thing itself. The title belt itself. No Dar and Zach Gibson clearly going to get their aggressions out on each other ne- next week. Gibson, Dar, and Bates would be rematch opponents for Pete Dunne. My favorite, even though I'd like to see him step up and take that division by storm again. Mark Andrews getting another shot, I think would be... Uh, would be pretty brilliant and definitely in my best interest as a fan. The United Kingdom division is new and the spotlight can shine on just about anybody. It's a very open playing field. It's introducing me to not just new characters, but new styles and new moves that I have never seen before. And I'm pretty sure I don't speak for just myself as a fan of 
pretty much strictly North American and Japanese wrestling. I before the first UK tournament, I never really got introduced to Progress Wrestling or anything of those sorts, where a lot of these brilliant NXT talents were coming from. So it's nice to have a who's who and who's going to step up next and join this NXT UK brand, whether it be on a limited term contract like a couple of these guys are, while working part-time for Progress and Evolve and all these other outside brands, and who's going to get signed on full-time next and who's going to really get their chance to step up for the step up to the plate and swing for the fences, and I shouldn't be using a baseball analogy while I'm talking about a European-based brand. Now, should I? Anyway, that wraps up NXT UK Episode 2 and the October 24th edition of NXT Television. I'm your host, CD Danny Mac. Be sure to follow all of the podcast's social media platforms at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter, and it's also the name I'm going by for the Wrestling Podcast Awards. Special shout out once again to the Wrestle Hub for throwing all of this together, and best of luck to all of the talented content providers also nominated for various categories. I myself am up for best solo podcast. I know that for a fact. I might be up for best review podcast as well, bringing you, I can't promise you consistency, but I can promise you content. That much is for damn sure. So please give me a vote at podcast underscore UF going by the Twitter handle on the polls for the Wrestling Podcast Awards. At Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word is the Instagram. Be sure to tag me in any photos of NXT content you might find interesting. Be sure to give me a couple likes when I post up wrestling memes or photos of my dog or a couple NXT previews or these photos that I can't believe after that recent Tommaso Ciampa social media rants. I think I'm definitely going to be going out of my way to post a couple of his own screen caps on my Instagram Be sure to give me a like on the Facebook page. Give me a special message if you want to do business or interviews or any collaboration projects. I'm not as active on Facebook as far as posting content, but I definitely do check it on a, I'd say, bi-weekly basis. Bi-weekly meaning twice a week, not a... Not every two weeks, even though it might it might seem that way depending on the week-to-week schedule of a show. But thank you for sticking around with me and giving me a listen on your favorite podcasting platform, whether that be iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Oh boy, wherever my RSS feed is posted these days, uh, castbox.fm. I know I'm on a couple Alexa Echo apps. And uh, listen, if you're out there listening to me, I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. I can't do this without my team. Team NXT, thank you once again. The NXT universe has been shaken to its very core. I look forward to interacting with you and speaking upon this Johnny Gargano, Aleister Black attack issue even further and the brilliant NXT United Kingdom brand. Thank you for joining me on every step of this road. Have a great week and I will talk to you very soon.